Okay, we're doing now Monday's portion of Parshas Vayishlach. So yesterday we learned that Yaakov, Jacob, on entering the land of Israel and surviving his encounter with Lavan, is now confronted with Esav, his brother, who's coming marching on him with 400 men. So chapter 32 verse 14. He spent the night there and he took from that which he had come into his hand a tribute to Esau, his brother. Into his hand means in his possession, his domain, his control. So on the Agadic level, his hand means precious things like pearls, precious stones that you carry in your hand. Or in his hand, you need that which isn't sacred anymore because Jacob, Yaakov had already taken off the tithe. What he's going to do now is create this enormous present for Esav on a simple level. He's preparing in three levels for his encounter with Esav. He prays to God. He prepares for war. And he gives him this enormous present to change his feelings on a spiritual, more spiritual level. Yaakov is trying to connect to the spiritual energies of Esav, which are even higher than his own, the energies of Tohu, Yaakov is of Tikkun. And this is a present for Tohu. It's like as if he's offering a sacrifice here. But a sacrifice to Tohu doesn't follow our rules. The animals are alive, not dead, as our version of a sacrifice. And it's also not kosher animal. We have here camels which we can't offer as a sacrifice because they're not from kosher breed, but to Tohu, they can be offered as well. This was to access those energies, to refine Asav and his source, and to ultimately bring Mashiach. So now verse 15 is beginning to list this enormous present that he's bringing for all these various reasons to Asav. She goes 200 and he goes 20. Use 200 and rams 20. So we have here a listing of female and male animals because in this gift, in all the species, the number of males was as per the female in terms of their mating needs. And actually from this, in the Midrash, it explains that so too in marital relations, depending on the job you do, that's how many times we would expect them to have relations. So someone who, who does not have a very exerting job, we think every day, a worker twice a week, and, and donkey drivers once a week, and camel drivers once every 30 days, and sailors once every six months. So how do we connect? How did we get this concept from these numbers that of Yaakov's present? Rashi explains that we see that this intimacy is not the same for everyone, but based on what's required of him in his labor. The more exertion he has, the more he's away from his home, the less often we're assuming there's going to be a relation. So also here we see in the animals that, depending on the species, there's a different number in this female-male ratio. Like here, in the goats, for every male, there's 10 goats. 
because goats don't work, so therefore they would mate more often, and once the animal is pregnant, it's not going to have relationships with the man. But the bulls are working animals, so therefore it's only for every male, four females. And the donkey, which is going on further journeys than the bull, it's only two. And the camels, which go even further, it's only one. So based on the, in a sense, job of the animals, that's the times we would expect them to mate. And based on that, we can see so too for people in their various jobs, and therefore what would be the expectations in terms of physical relationships in a marriage. Next verse, nursing camels and their young, 30, cows, 40, and bulls, 10, she-donkeys, 20, and he-donkeys, 10. So nursing camels and their young, well, here, we don't see a listing of male as we did with all the others. So Rosh explains that in, in, on a simple level, it means the camels and their young camels, the young camels with them, and the Midrash, which we're reading, the simple word, and their children, to be read and their builders, meaning their males. So here it's a one-on-one ratio, as we said, because the camels go very far. So they're not going to have many females per male animal. So why is this written differently? All the others we clearly see, she animals, he animals. And here the he animal is in a hint. You have to hint it out. Because the camel is modest with mating, so therefore the verse isn't going to publicize it either. He put in his servant's church each herd separately and said to his servant, pass on ahead of me and put a space between herd and herd. Here we have these enormous herds of animals. They weren't they didn't all come in one shot, so to speak. They were coming in stages in front of Asaph. So each species is herd is by itself. And you travel a day's journey or so ahead of me, and then I'm going to come after you and put the, the herds with spaces in between. So, first, he's going to see one enormous herd. Oh my gosh. And then another one. Oh wow. And then another one. So, even Asaph will be satiated by the enormity of this present. In other words, if he had to put on one shot, so been a one-time enormous thing, but he could still want more. But because he's spacing them out, Eden and Aesop comes to this point of thinking, oh, wow, this is like beyond even what he would want. He instructed the first one saying, when my brother Aesop meets you and asks you, saying, "Who, whose are you? Where are you going? And to whom are these that are before you? So whose are you means who's sending you. And Whose are they means who is this tribute being sent to? So the, the lamed in the beginning of the word, the prefix, is in the place of of, meaning the possession of. You shall say, your servant Yaakov, it is a tribute sent to my master Asab, and behold, he too is behind us. To answer the first question first, I said, question the second. So he said, whose are you? Say, I am your servant, Yaakov. And he says, whose are these before you? means who is getting this tribute? Say, it's Rasev. Yaakov is also coming behind. 
He similarly charged the second, also the third, as well as all who followed that heard, saying, This man shall speak to Asa when you find him. You shall say, Moreover, behold, your servant Yaakov is behind us. For he said, I'll wipe away his furious countenance with the tribute that precedes me, and afterwards I'll face him. Perhaps he will forgive me. I'm going to wipe away his furious countenance, meaning I'm going to neutralize his anger. So the tribute passed out before him while he spent the night in the camp. Before him, the word had literally mean in his face, but meaning before him. In the Midrashic level, this phrase, alpanov, on his face could mean the term anger because Yaakov was in the state of anger that he had to do all of this to appease Esau. But he got up that night, this means Yaakov, and took his two wives and his two maids and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Yabok. So we see the wives, we see the sons, but where's Dina? So I say, just say that Yaakov put her in a box, locked her in this box so that Esau shouldn't see her because he knew if Esau saw her, he would try to take her. It says that because Yaakov was hiding Dina from Esau, that she should, he shouldn't take her. Um, that was what eventually led to the, or the consequence of Dina being taken by Shechem. Now, why was it such a horrible thing? to prevent Dina from, from Asaph because since Dina was so righteous, if she had been taken by Asaph, maybe she would have been able to bring him to repent. So of course, a very complex concept in terms of what are the, the many thoughts here in terms of what's going on at this point. So they were crossing Yabok Yabok for the name of the river. And he took them and brought them across the stream and he brought across that which, that which was his. So he took the people, he took the animals, he took the movable goods. He made himself like a, a ferryman taking from one side to the other. And Yaakov was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of dawn. He was left alone. Why was he alone? So Rashi explains, because he forgot some small jars and went back for them, from which we see how careful he was with the property. He took such care of the property, not to say, ah, oh, just a few jars, it's, it's irrelevant. No, they were relevant. He went back to them, and that's why he was alone, and that's why he was attacked. But you also see, of course, that when he, since he was alone, this angel, the angel of Asa, was able to get him. And if he had been with other people there, they had been, so to speak, protecting him, then Asa's angel wouldn't have attacked. Wrestled with him, the avik um, is from like the word dust, avak. The dust, because when people are fighting, when they're wrestling, they're raising the dust with their feet by all their movements. That's how Menachem explains this word. Rashi says the Avak is from the word became bound up. It's an Aramaic word because when two people are wrestling or are fighting with each other, they, so to speak, become entangled with each other. So here, the Rabbis explain this is the angel of Esav who came down, every nation has this angel, this is Asa's angel, who's coming down now to fight with Yaakov. 
So when he perceived, when the angel saw that he couldn't overcome him, he struck the ball of his thigh. And the ball of Yaakov's thigh bone became dislocated as he wrestled with him. So this is the upper end of the thigh bone, which is stuck into the hip socket. So it was pulled loose from this hip joint. Then he said, this is now the angel speaking to Yaakov, let me go for the dawn has broken. And he said to him, Yaakov said, I'll not let you go unless you've blessed me. So now, someone had to winning, so to speak. He struck him, but then they still kept fighting, and Yaakov now had the upper hand and wouldn't let him go. And he's saying, okay, I want to go. I want to... The dawn has broken, and I have to sing songs to God. Meaning, this is an angel. So the angel has did his mission. We can say, well, this is a bad mission, but he this is his job. So to speak, this is our inclination is an angel. And our inclination tempts us to sin, but it's serving God, doing what God wants of it. So this angel of struggling with Yaakov all night and fighting with him. So now he's going to sing praise to God. So he wants to go. He didn't want to keep fighting. He wants to go to be able to sing praise now to God. And Yaakov says, I'm not letting you go. No, I, I'm not releasing you until you bless me. What do you mean by bless him? He needed Asa's blessing. Acknowledge that the blessings that I received from our father were, were, were are true because Asa was objecting to those blessings. You, as his angel, acknowledge that, yes, those are my blessings. So the angel said to him, what's your name? And he said, Yaakov. The angel said, no longer will be said that your name is Yaakov, but Yisrael. You have fought with the divine, meaning with this angel, and with man, and you have overcome. So what the angel is saying on a deeper level, because again, remember, Yaakov said, I'm not letting you go until you acknowledge the blessings are mine. So when he says, no longer will be Yaakov, but rather Yisrael, Yaakov implies treachery and deceit from the word Akev. So people are going to say, no, we're not going to say anymore that the blessings came by Yaakov, by treachery, by deceit, but by Yisrael, Surah, authority in full view. And eventually what's going to happen is that God is going to reveal himself to your base cow, and he's going to change your name. In other words, here's the angel. Yaakov names Yisrael. Well, who's this angel to change his name? The angel is telling him God's going to be changing your name from Yaakov to Yisrael. And God's going to bless you there. And when God does so, I will be there and I will acknowledge. I will agree that this, you are no longer Yaakov. You are Yisrael. But, so the angel was saying, wait. You're going to come to Basekel. God's going to say this to you. I'll be there. I'll, I'll agree. I'll say amen. You'll have my blessings to the fact that these blessings are yours. But Yaakov did not want to wait. And Yaakov said, no, I'm not going to wait till Basekel for you to agree the blessings are mine. Yaakov knew he was encountering that morning Asaph. He already wanted the spiritual energies of Asaph to have conceded to him. So the angel conceded to him regarding the blessings there. Even though he, he didn't want to and he wanted to wait till Basekel, perhaps knowing that it would be better off for Asaph, so to speak, if he didn't agree, but Yaakov said, I'm not letting you go. You want to sing praise to God. You've got to agree to me. So there, at that point, in the fork of Yagvok, the angel acknowledged that the blessings were Yaakov's. The angel said, you fought with men, with Asaph and with Lavan, 
of course with the divine means with this angel, and you overcame them. Then Yaakov inquired and said, tell me please your name. And the angel said, why did they ask my name? And he blessed him there. Again, he blessed him there, meaning he's acknowledging that these blessings are his. What do you mean my name? I'm an angel. I don't have a name. Our names change with our mission. There's no specific name given. 